Man, it's great to have you here this morning. Uh, I, I want to talk uh, about what I'm thankful for. In fact, we are beginning today a four-part series. Every one of our pastoral staff members will be sharing with you in the month of November about what they are thankful for. In the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of the uh, unrest, in the midst of the elections and all of that, friends, if you look, you'll find a lot to be thankful for. And I am thankful today for the Holy Spirit, and I'll share a little bit more about that, but I hope that you'll come all four weeks in November, hear what Pastor Darth, Pastor Allen, Pastor Jeff have to share in this series that we call Being Thankful. A few weeks ago on a Wednesday night, as we were doing Wednesday night Bible study, I was talking about how all of us are experiencing grief. And I've thought a little bit more about that since that time. There is just a lot of grief in our lives. Some of you, like me, are grieving the physical death of a loved one. As you know, my mother just passed away a few months ago. So there's that physical uh, death, physical separation. But don't think that grief only has to do with death. You grieve anytime you are separated from what you know. People who go through divorce go through a period of grief. As you move from one community where you're well-established and you know the lady at the grocery store and the dentist and your neighbors and you are relocated to another community, there is a sense of separation. And that separation causes us to grieve. All of our lives... Every one of our lives has been impacted because of this global pandemic that we call COVID-19. We've been separated. And because of that, we're all grieving. You're not able to gather with your friends the way that you were a year ago. Many of our high school seniors weren't able to complete their senior year the way that they were hoping to. We honored our seniors with a drive-by graduation party. And it was wonderful, but there was still that sense of grief. We didn't have our annual church picnic. I don't know about you, but I was down at Walla Walla Park the other day. We were riding around the loop on our bicycles. And I was going, and I looked at the shelter, and I thought, man, I missed our church picnic this year. I miss being there together, having a potluck. I miss baptizing people in the Columbia River. That's part of what we do every summer. That's part of who we are. We couldn't do it. There's a little bit of grief, a little bit of grief when you can't go to a football game. I think of our students. Many of you have children who are now working on their classes and their lessons from home via Chromebook remotely. They miss, their, they miss their friends. There is grief all around us. Some of you have been separated from loved ones because your loved one is in assisted living. You can't visit them anymore, maybe through a window, maybe through FaceTime. I've helped a couple families this summer that weren't able to have a funeral or a memorial service for the loved one. So friends, we're all in grief. And I don't mean this to be a downer because I want you to know we have a comforter. 
And that comfort is the Holy Spirit, and that's whom I'm so thankful for during this time. Our congregation's going through grief. You know, this is not the same as it was a year ago, and probably never will be. We've had several families who have left the church. We've got staff people who have chosen to leave. We have some people who have come back in person, and we see them, but there are many, many people watching right now on live stream, and we're glad they're, they're with us, but we don't see them. There's grief involved, and grief is inevitable in our life. I just want you to know that. You can't get away from it. It's painful. <laughs> it's baffling. And it's always a process to work through. Grief's a very individual kind of emotion. The way you go through grief might not be the way that I do. But the wonderful thing about it is however you're grieving, whatever you're grieving today, the Holy Spirit is with you. He is your comforter. He will help us in this process. I don't know what the new normal is going to look like. You know, we're not going to just flip a light switch and all of a sudden be back to the way it was in 2014. That's not going to happen. Our life is going to be different from this point on. I don't know what the new normal is going to look like, but I do know that Jesus is with us and the Holy Spirit is going to comfort us and help us. He's our counselor. He's our friend. And if we allow him to, he will use our grief. He'll use our suffering. He'll use our pain to shape us into his image. Now, we don't like suffering. We like to say, we want to see the power of Jesus in his resurrection. But we forget that we also need to read the rest of the verse. It says, we also want to share in the fellowship of his suffering. You'll never be more like Jesus than when you come to him as he is suffering on the cross for you. So if we can learn how to navigate through our grief, as we learn how to embrace our suffering for our own good instead of trying to reject it or rid ourselves of it. Sometimes we're ridding ourselves of the very thing God is using. You know what I'm saying? Uh, sometimes we want to just ignore it. We put our, hand in the sand, uh, our head in the sand and, and pretend it's not happening. I find it best to accept it to embrace it as something God can, can use and to know that he's given us this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit to help navigate through it. A great quote by Haddon Robinson says, religious people sometimes mishandle their own grief and the grief of others by thinking that faith and tears don't mix. I've probably been there before. Oh, I just have to be a man of faith. I've got to be strong. That's bad theology. Faith and tears can mix. Grief is a, not a denial of faith. Think about the shortest verse in the Bible. If you grew up in Sunday school, it's probably the first one you learned because you wanted to win the prize. And they said, memorize a verse. And so you memorized John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. <laughs> Boy, that's a powerful verse. It's not, just, it's not just the shortest verse. It is a powerful verse. We know prophetically from Isaiah chapter 53, the Messiah was a man 
who is well acquainted with suffering. That was prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus went to the cross. Jesus was a man well acquainted with sorrow. When he saw his cousin John the Baptist beheaded, he was deeply disturbed and touched and moved. Those tears that he shed at the tomb of really probably one of his very best friends outside of his disciples, the apostles, Lazarus. <laughs> he went to that tomb and it says Jesus cried. Those were not phony tears, friends. He felt grief. Jesus felt grief when he was on the cross. <laughs> what do you think he was experiencing when for that moment every sin of the world was laid on his shoulders and he was separated from the Father? And he cried out in agony, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For that moment he had the sins of the world on. He was separated from God. He was grieving because he had lost that intimate relationship with the Father. Jesus knows what it means to go through grief. So whatever you are grieving, maybe it's COVID-related, maybe it's a relocation, maybe it's because of, uh, of a termination of a job, maybe it's, I don't know, however you're grieving, I want you to know God has promised to comfort us. Now we know in the Beatitudes, one of the Beatitudes is, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. I've always tried to teach you to take verses in context. And in context, that is talking about repentance. Jesus wants us to mourn over our sins. He wants us to feel so bad about our sins that we mourn. And then he says, blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are those that come to repentance. I'll comfort them. That is the true interpretation of that beatitude. But... It's also a principle, and you're not misusing the Word of God if you're going through a tough time and you're going to face your first Christmas without your husband or without your wife. You're not mishandling the Word of God by saying, Jesus, you promised to comfort me. Because there are all sorts of scriptures throughout the, the Bible that talk about that Jesus will be there to help us through our grief. Now, Jesus promised the disciples that. They were mourning because Jesus was going to be taken up to heaven. And they were confused about that whole thing, you know. <laughs> Tear down this church and I'll rebuild it in three days. And what does that mean? Well, I'm going to go to the cross and then I'll... They didn't get all that. They just knew there was change in their life. There's change in our life right now. There's change in our church right now. Things are, are, are shifting. But, you know, we have to be like the disciples and just keep our trust in Jesus. Whether we understand or not, you can still have the peace that passeth all understanding. Jesus promised his disciples, don't worry. I will send the Holy Spirit. He will be your comforter during times of grief, during times of confusion. But friends, that promise was not just given to the disciples. It's given to all believers. And if you believe in Jesus today, you can claim that promise. Henry Nouwen said, from the deep inner place 
where love embraces all human grief, the father reaches out to his children. I want us to look at John chapter 14 today where Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, I am thankful going into Thanksgiving of 2020. I am thankful that no matter what, I have got the Holy Spirit in me. When I asked Jesus in my heart, he gave me the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in you. It was promised in John chapter 14, reading beginning with verse 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's a whole different sermon. Verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper. Now, depending on your translation, that might say comforter. It might say paraclete, if you're working with the original language. Uh, my version says helper. He'll give you another helper to be with you forever. <laughs> the Holy Spirit isn't just given when we're walking in close relationship with the Lord. See, sometimes maybe we're not quite as close to the Lord as we need to be, but the Lord is still close to us forever. He'll be with us forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. Why? For he dwells with you and will be in you. So comforting. That word translated helper, I, I grew up in the era of King James and it was comforter. <laughs> He'll give you another. It's from the original Greek word paraclete. Paraclete. Paraclete has a sevenfold meaning. You know, it's hard to translate from any language to another translation and really, you know, fully grasp the meaning. So we have to look at seven words to really understand what the word paraclete means. And those seven, seven words would be, he's your counselor. I, I think this is up on the screen or will be shortly. He's your counselor. He's your comforter. He's your helper. He's your intercessor. He's your advocate. He's your strengthener, and he's just on standby for you. You know, kind of like the utility guy on the baseball team. He can just play about any, any position you need. Now, now, I could take, and I'm not going to this morning, maybe I'll do a seven-part series on this, because each, each of these attributes of the Holy Spirit are so comforting to me. No, he's my counselor. Bible says if I need wisdom, I ask and the Lord will give it to me. He is my counselor. He's my teacher. He's my comforter. That's my emphasis today in this message. But he's my helper. In times of trouble, he's the one that'll help me. He's my intercessor. Romans says when I don't know how to pray, I can pray in the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit will intercede for me. And I know that my spirit is praying directly to God's spirit. He's my intercessor. He's my advocate. May I need an advocate. (laughs) He's at the right hand of the Father advocating for me. I'm so thankful for that. He's the one that gives me strength. That's why Paul said, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I have lots to eat and I have much. And there's been other times in my life that, man, I've been cold because I can't afford a blanket and I'm really, really hungry. And it doesn't matter whether I have much or I have little, I can be content because Christ gives me the strength to do all things. Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit is in us and he is our strengthener. And then he's our standby. So aren't you thankful that as a gift to you, you not only receive forgiveness for your sin, you not only received eternal life in the presence of God in heaven, you not only receive peace. Jesus said, peace I give to you. But one of the greatest gifts Jesus has given to you is this gift of the Holy Spirit. And that is a reason that I am thankful this year. How Jesus has not only promised, but he's delivered on the promise. It's a promise not only to disciples, but again to every one of us who are believers, who are recipients of this comfort that Jesus has given us. Now there's three things that I want to just kind of unpack with you this morning and first as we understand or as we look at this concept of we can be thankful because Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to be our comforter we have to identify who the Holy Spirit is so the identity of the Holy Spirit and you'll see that in verses 16 and the first half of verse 17 Uh, we know the Holy Spirit and God the Father and Jesus the Son are one the same nature, the same essence, different functions in our life, but the Holy Spirit is fully God. The identity of that, what do you think about when you think about if someone is going to comfort you? I was just telling Linda on the way to church this morning, uh, I want to go over and and visit, even if it's uh, just through a door visit, the, the family of Amanda, early 40s, passed away yesterday up at ICU, leaves three children, oldest one I think is 13 or 14. I thought, man, I want to comfort them somehow, and I've got an idea of of how I can go to their house and maybe bring some comfort. (laughs) They lost a daughter probably almost 20 years ago, Pastor Darth was with that family when their first daughter died. They still talk about that. So I was thinking, well, what if the Holy Spirit's my comforter, what is he going to do for me? I think I know what I can do for this family tangibly, but what is the Holy Spirit going to do? When we think of comfort, you know, you think of all sorts of things. Some of you think of about a, a big, warm, fuzzy blanket, you know? Come on, I know you have those blankets just like I do, you know. You don't have to be old to have a lap blanket, it's okay. You know, they bring you comfort, you wrap them up on a cold winter night, 
You know, sometimes there's people in our lives that comfort us. They make us feel better in the midst of difficult times. We joke a lot about comfort food. But seriously, you know, there's something about macaroni and cheese that just makes you feel better. <laughs> you know, comforting. But those aren't the kind of comforts that the Holy Spirit brings to our life. I mean, those descriptions aren't right. I don't want you to leave saying, oh, man, Pastor, I had a great, great sermon today about the Holy Spirit being like macaroni and cheese. <laughs> no. Take that comment in context, okay? Because really none of those descriptions are right. But I do like the King James of translation of that word paraclete. I do like that whole concept of comforter. He's my comforter. Now, one of the reasons King James translators use that is the Latin influence of the era that King James was translated back in the 1600s. And the Latin influence of the word comforter itself means to come alongside with strength. So if you think of comforter being one who comes alongside with strength, when those translators 400 years ago with the Latin influences, well, how can we best describe paraclete? He's someone that comes along with strength. They chose the word comforter which I kind of like. I'm no expert on, you know, languages of any kind, even English. But um, that word coming alongside to help is the basis of the paraclete, another counselor, another comforter. And Jesus has much more in mind than just someone who's going to give you a listening ear. It's not about, you know, having someone who'll allow you to have a pity party. Now, Jesus was communicating to his disciples far more than probably our understanding of the word comforter or the word helper. That's why I'm taking so much time to try to help us understand what a wonderful gift this is and why we can be so thankful for the Holy Spirit in our life. One translation of the Bible uh, says the Father will send another friend. Not helper, not comforter, not another friend, which I think almost kind of comes even a little bit closer to Jesus' intention because the comfort of the Holy Spirit is that you have a real and abiding friend with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have a real friend who will never abandon you in difficulty, will never abandon you when you are so overcome by grief that all of a sudden you become angry. You know, anger is one of the five stages of grief that most people uh, experience, even Christians. Sometimes mad at a hospital or a doctor. Sometimes mad because you don't understand why God allowed this to happen. Sometimes mad at ourselves. We should have done more. Sometimes mad at the, at the person. Well, how could you leave me like this? like that person even had a choice. So a, a comforter does not abandon you even if you are still trying to process everything and figure everything out. Even if you're like that, you know, 
kind of a, 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 pinball, a, a pinball machine where the ball bounces all over. Sometimes our emotions are like that. But like a comforter, a friend will encourage you. A friend will be beside you with strength right when it's needed most. And like a counselor, it's another part of comfort, a friend will take time to listen to you. James says we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, uh, slow to get angry. That's what a friend does. That's what a comforter does. A friend will take time to listen to your woes, to your confusion. A friend will offer you wise advice. What a wonderful invitation out of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. And Jesus says it this way. Cast all your anxiety, all your cares, all your worries, all your burdens, all your confusion, all your grief. Cast it upon me, for I care for you. The old song is so true, no one will ever care for you like Jesus. Are you worried about something today? Are you anxious about something in the future? I just want you to realize the Holy Spirit is here to minister to you. He's your comforter. He's your counselor. He's your friend. And each of those help us identify, that's my point number one, identify who is the Holy Spirit. He is that paraclete. He is that one called alongside to help. And verse 17 that we read really underscores the fact the Holy Spirit is another just like Jesus. He'll always point to Jesus. He'll always glorify God. The Holy Spirit never calls attention to himself. He is another like Jesus. John 14, 6, Jesus told the disciples that he was the truth. And the Holy Spirit, in fact, is the Spirit of Jesus because the Holy Spirit is like Jesus. He's going to represent Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is our teacher and that he'll lead us into truth. And understand the Holy Spirit's not a, a spirit of popular opinion. You know, what, what, what's, the, what's the consensus of evangelical America today? The Holy Spirit's not a spirit of popular opinion. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit of deception. That comes from the enemy. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ who is truth. Okay, I need to hurry along. Number two, the indwelling. We've talked about the identity of the Holy Spirit, whom I'm so thankful for this Thanksgiving. Let's talk about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The world doesn't really put much stock in anything that they can't see or feel. You know, it's they have to be tangible. Most people in the world, they want to see something. They want to feel it. They want that sensory type thing. Uh, if it's not tangible, they just can't seem to accept it. But the comfort of the Holy Spirit comes when you and I understand that there is power in that which the world cannot see. Jesus says the world cannot accept him, meaning the comforter, the Holy Spirit. The, the world can't accept it. They don't know him. They don't understand him. But you know him because he lives in you. 
You can't escape the Holy Spirit. David said in the Psalms, whether you're in heaven or whether you go down to Sheol, you can't escape the Holy Spirit. It's part of that Psalm 139 message I did a few weeks ago. The Spirit is dwelling in us. Praise the Lord. That's why in Corinthians, Paul says, be careful, take care of your body. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? See, Paul emphasized that. It's not about the body. It's just that the body contains the blessed Holy Spirit of Christ. Paul says, whom you received from God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, Paul says, honor God with your body. Another scripture I want to show to you, Ephesians chapter 1, because it goes right along with this. In him you also... When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. I am glad that I am sealed with the Holy Spirit. He is, the Bible says, the guarantor of our inheritance until that day that we actually possess it to the glory of God. Good stuff. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. A real child of God can find comfort in knowing that you have the Holy Spirit. Whether you see or feel, you know the Scripture says that the Holy Spirit is there to help you, to be your comforter. As I preached a few weeks ago, it really kind of like a GPS. And when you get off, off course, the Holy Spirit will say, you need to recalculate And here's what you need to do. I mean, that's the way I really have begun to appreciate the Holy Spirit. He's always getting me to that final destination that God has for me. And he's promised never to leave me nor forsake me. That's not based upon my feelings. He'll be there. Whether I feel him, whether I'm honoring him, he's there. Man, what a covenant. What a covenant. The third thing, we have to understand the impact. So there's an identity. He is indwelling in us. But what's the impact? What is the impact? I want to read just a few more verses out of that same chapter. John 14. You can follow along or you can look on the screen. Beginning with verse number 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Paraclete, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I'm going to the Father, and the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you can believe. 
I will no longer talk, uh, talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Powerful scripture. The comfort of the Holy Spirit that I'm so thankful for this Thanksgiving season comes when we begin to understand the impact that the Holy Spirit does have on our life. Sometimes we recognize it, sometimes we don't. So the Bible says our steps are ordered of God. I believe that. If you are right with Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, your steps are ordered of God. I think there are many times that he directs our steps. Sometimes he delays our steps. Sometimes he denies our steps. <laughs> but he's guiding us. He's not only in us. The impact is that we don't have to worry and fret about what we should be doing tomorrow. We just need to stay close to the Holy Spirit and we'll do the right thing. Because the impact is he's our teacher, he's our peacemaker, and he empowers us. That's what we just read. He impacts us as a teacher. <laughs> he teaches us all things. He reminds us of things. Now, it's hard to remind somebody of something that they don't know or didn't know originally. That's why it's so important for us to be in the Word every day. Even if it's just our daily devotional that we hand out, we give to you. Hopefully it's more than that. But the Bible says you've got to hide your Word, God's Word, in your heart so that the Holy Spirit can retrieve it out. It's like a computer. A computer really can't access anything that hasn't been programmed into it. That's why it's important. But He will be our teacher. He's our M. He's our peacemaker, and I love that. Peacemaker. Every time Jesus shows up, every time an angel shows up, they say, peace. Peace I leave with you, not like the world leaves. That's why, man, I'm at peace. Oh, man, there's a lot of stormy weather around me. But I'm at peace. Because my peace is not dependent upon the circumstance. My peace is dependent upon knowing that the Holy Spirit's my comforter. See why I'm so thankful this year for the Holy Spirit? It's a peace, the Bible says, that passeth human understanding. Now listen to this quote. One of our members posted it this week on Facebook. And man, it was so powerful, and I want to share it with you. In order to have the peace that surpasses all understanding, you have to give up your right to understand. It's a quote from Bill Johnson down at Bethel. In order to have a peace that surpasses all understanding, you have got to be willing to give up your right to understand. That trips me up all the time because I want to understand. Well, why did this happen? Why is this? Why? No. If I want the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit, I've got to give up my right to understand. And once I give up my right to understand and trust God, as that song says, 
man, then I'll have that peace. And I'll not only have the peace, I'll be empowered. The comfort of the Holy Spirit comes when we allow the Spirit of the Lord to impact our lives as a teacher and a peacemaker and a power. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, if you've never come into alignment in walking with your Creator, that's the first step. To say, I I just want to walk in harmony and fellowship with God. And I accept Christ and the sacrifice that he made on the cross. It's by faith we're saved. It's by faith. It's so easy. Just accept it as a free gift. That's the first step. The Holy Spirit will be given to you. But I think there's many of us in the church today, we're right with God, but... Man, we're still trying to figure it all out. We're trying to understand it all. We're grieving. We're grieving because of COVID. We're grieving because of death. We're grieving because of all this reshifting in our church. We're just, and it's time, friends, to reconnect right now with the Holy Spirit as your comforter. Not, not tomorrow. Not the first of the year. I want us to take time right now to really press into the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm thankful. And this is a message I can preach today with full confidence. It doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. It doesn't matter what happens in the future. I'm telling you as your pastor, you can be thankful this year because you've been given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will bring you comfort. Would you stand with me as the worship team comes? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity we've had together. And Lord, I thank you that you have promised that whether we're together or whether we're alone, we still have the Holy Spirit within us. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our teacher. He's our helper. He's the one like Jesus. He's the one that's called alongside to help us. And Lord, we welcome the Holy Spirit, not just in this place today. We welcome the Holy Spirit in our lives today because we need him. We need his comfort, oh God. Oh, Father, I pray right now that you will just come upon each of us. If you're in this room today, I just encourage you just to lift your hands toward heaven and allow God to minister to you through his Holy Spirit. He's here for you today. He wants to minister to you. And if you're at home watching, the Holy Spirit's with you. He's not confined to a building. So you can take a moment right now and you can connect with the Holy Spirit that will help you, that will comfort you, that will guide you. He's there. I want to thank our live stream campus for joining us. We're going to say goodbye to you for today. I hope you'll be back tomorrow or next week. You can always pre-register and join us. But thank you for watching online. But right now, we're just going to kind of pull things back right here in this place where we're gathered. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and touch us. And I'm going to open up these altars. 
Maybe you want to kneel where you're at. I just want you to take time today to allow the Holy Spirit to come and to touch you, to comfort you, to take whatever grief, whatever separation that you're experiencing. Say, Lord, thank you, I'm not alone. Thank you that this year you have promised to comfort me and to guide me, to never leave me, never forsake me. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. The wind can blow. The waves can be daunting. But we can have peace and comfort because you're with us. As we sing this song, if you're here in person, I just encourage you to find a place of prayer. In fact, I'm not going to have a formal dismissal today trust you to keep social distanced. I'm just not going to, I want us to live in this moment right now. I just think the Holy Spirit wants to minister to us. Some of us are hurting and the Holy Spirit's here to comfort us. So why don't you come to these altars? Why don't you just spend some time in prayer as we sing this song together?